that I already mentioned here this morning. One year ago, I stood in this pulpit on this platform trying to figure out how we could get 150 people in the room by that afternoon, 50 people. By the next morning, it was 10. <laughs> this seems impossible. This seems impossible that it's happening. This seems impossible that we're going to be trying to figure that out. 10 people in this room. What does that mean? It seems impossible. The reality is when you look at Scripture and you look at the people of God in Scripture, and when you see what God was calling them to, normally their first response wasn't, oh, that'll be easy. God will speak without details. God will say go without details. He will send his power, but he may not send his details until you're in the midst of it. And as we advance in our faith, there's times he gives us less details and more bold steps. He doesn't move. Like with Moses, he moves the water for them to part. With Joshua, he says, put your foot in the water before I'll move it. Sometimes you have to be in the middle of the river before he parts it. It's supposed to be impossible because that allows us to depend on God. And his power moving in us, through us, around us. Supposed to be impossible. Life's hard. No matter which way you choose to follow God or not, life is still going to be hard. I heard this this week. I thought it was just a, I thought it was an awesome statement. Life's going to be hard. Choose your heart and shut your mouth. Man, there's a lot of wisdom in those few words. We began to meet last summer. One of our steps of advancing here this month, it'll be a small step, but a large step at the same time. It doesn't make sense, I know, when I say it that way. Opening back up, if you will, or meeting in person, one of our steps was we would begin to approach this protocol-wise from in June. Obviously, we met once in June, then we didn't meet again until August. Uh, but, our, but our approach was that we were not going to operate on a full tank. I don't know if we have those slides, but we're not going to operate on a full tank. Like, we're not coming out, we're not meeting again until there's a cure for everything, and we're not, I mean, just so absorbed by it. But we're also not going to meet, we're also not going to operate on an empty tank. 
where we don't think this is serious. We think we believed it was serious. So what we ended up doing was moving to a half tank, three-quarter tank. Do you remember that? So that's what we've tried to do over these last, really since June, but especially since back in August when we started meeting again. Even when we took the approach at around Christmas and New Year's, we were trying to work that out, trying to figure out what's the best way to do this. Well, for some of you, I, I, it's probably going to be great news for others. I just, if you've got questions, you can ask me. But starting next Sunday, we're going to be moving from a half a tank to a quarter tank. And the main step at this time will be that we will be moving to more of a restaurant style coming in and out of the building. Okay? So that means when you get to your seat, like you would at a restaurant. But moving in and out of the building, we we ask you to continue to wear a mask, those type of things. Obviously, congregate outside at this point, still going to RSVP, and our children will still be uh, using the same protocol as they have been up to this point. We will see when that can change also. But at this point, we are moving to that next step. I realize, again, one of the toughest parts about trying to lead through this is you don't have all the information. You don't have all the details, but you just sense that it's time to move. So that's what we're trying to do. Irv McManus got a call from a friend of his, a person I think it may have been on staff with him at one time, but those who know Irv McManus, Mosaic Church in, in California, but uh, know me, know that he has had a, a large impact on kind of my thinking over the years, uh, especially many years ago. But he had gotten a, he got a call from, a, I think, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the details, but he got this call from this gentleman and said, hey, would you come in and talk to our team about, we're having this real problem right now of not being able to, to, to move our company forward because there's so many different ideas and so many different thoughts and we just seem to be conflicting. There seems to be this, we're paralyzed, we're just kind of stuck. And so would you come in and talk to our team about, how to move forward. So apparently he picked him up at the airport. They were driving to the, to the uh, place to meet. And Erwin just asked the gentleman, he said, well, tell me about your non-negotiables or your values. Tell me about those. The guy paused. And he said, what do you, what, what do you mean? What are non-negotiables or our, our, our values or are not and everyone basically was like, what do you mean what do I mean? Because <laughs> if you don't have your non-negotiables, how do you know what to negotiate on? If you don't know your foundation and you don't know what that, then it's kind of like when we've seen parents over the years, they're afraid to let their kids do anything, they're afraid to let them go... But if you know it doesn't compromise who you are as a family and who you, your kids would have way more fun. Or you let them do everything because you just want them to be, you want to be the cool parent. So today, you know how I like toys, props. Steaks. 
as we advance. And God says, break camp. Drive the stake down. Break camp. Drive the stake down as we take the bags. And we, 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 as we talked about last week, and I don't have the other suitcases out here, but as he tells us there's certain places we can take a certain amount of stuff, but then there's the next step where he says, you can't take that anymore. It was good then, but you can't take it now. Or you may even be able to pick it up later. You just can't take it here. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we, and there's a lot we could preach on here, but therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, with grit, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Just a brief note here. Scorning the shame. What happened in the garden? Shame was introduced. What did Jesus do on the cross? He scorned it. Some of you need to hear that today. But the word I want to camp on just briefly, because I think it has everything to do with where we're headed in advancing, is the word fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer of our faith. Now, many places you will read where it says the author and the finisher. Many of you probably, if you've memorized it, that very well may be the, the phrase that you, the author and the finisher of our faith. And, and the reality is an author, an author uh, many times can write on something they don't know anything about. I'm not making light of your memorization of Scripture. I always encourage that. But I love Pioneer. Because the word pioneer in the, in the Greek here uh, is it's different because it's a first cause. It's the originator of a movement. And I love what it says. It's taking new territory. Taking new territory. If you're going to advance, you want to be taking ground. And you may have to leave some things behind, but you're going to be taking something also. So taking new ground. So today we're talking about stakes. Last week we talked about weights, weights that you couldn't take with you. Now obviously there are weights that we all need to feel. That's F-E-E-L. I know it sounds different, F-I-L-L. If I'm married, I need to feel the weight of that. If I'm a parent, I need to feel the weight of that. I need to know how to distribute it. I need to know how to carry it. I need to be strong enough. I need So there's weight. I don't, don't think that I'm getting rid of all weight because there are certain weights we need to know. The calling on your life, you need to feel the weight of that. 
But Jesus is there to help us carry it, right? It's the weight that we take on that we shouldn't be carrying. It's those weights that we take on. I heard this, this, this illustration years ago. It's, it's almost as if Jesus is looking going, you know, there's a point where you see all these things stacked on this guy and stacked on him, and Jesus is bent down going, what are you doing under there? You don't need to be carrying all that. But he does expect us to carry the weights that we're supposed to carry. So as we look at today about boundaries, I mean about stakes, we're going to talk about boundaries, talk about markers, talk about anchors. Because stakes are used for different things. As you would see the early settlers going across, they, they would, or, or if you had a gold mine and a gold rush, they would mark out, they would stake their claim. You see, in the Old Testament, there were altars built to remember spiritual markers. And oh, yes, there are anchors. Those non-negotiables. Those things that you drive stakes deep in. And the only way with those particular things, you just drive them a little deeper. They get a little because I could have brought... Because they make these in t- not just an 18-inch, but in 24-inch and 36-inch. <laughs> you drive them deep. You drive them deep. But I thought it was interesting as I was doing research on this, and I tried to get as many angles as I could. How many of you have ever used the term drive a stake in the ground? I mean, you've thought that, you've heard it. Just drive a stake in the ground. Or at least you know the term. When I've used it off and on for different things, uh, over the years, but as I was reading it, I did not realize uh, its origin. It, it says, and I'll just read here from one of the guys. It says, some, of, some say it's from homesteaders who drove a stake in the ground to identify the land they were claiming. It turns out that it also seems to have, have been a battle-ready strategy used by Native Americans who would tie a rope around the warrior's ankle, tie, tie that rope at a, to a stake, and then drive the stake in the ground. That meant the warrior fought in place and could not retreat. They were totally committed to the battle. So when you say drive a stake in the ground, when you do it from a warrior fighting standpoint, it has a little bit different feel, a little bit different weight to it, going, I am staking this out and I am battle ready. Now, I don't know if I'd wanted to fight like that because... There are tendencies we do want to run, right? But you stake your ground. And we we talked about it last week. There are times God says to stand, to stay right where you are. And when you're there, be faithful. When you're there, don't veer left or right. When you're there, don't be swayed. What's so awesome about our journey with faith and our faith is when God nails down a certain piece of ground for us. As we advance, we get to take that with us. Actually, it may expand. But one of the things that's probably hardest, and goes back to what I said about Irving McManus, is one that you've heard me use so many times here, and it's from Andy Stanley's Principle of the Pathway. 
The thing that so many, whether you're listening online or you're here in this room or wherever you may listen to it this week, this is a very simple illustration that I think is critical for all of us. And I think it's probably the hardest thing for us to come to realization in our own lives. And he says it's very simple. If you're called, let's say, for instance, this aisle right here, if you were in the room right now, there's a center aisle. If you're, this aisle right here, if that is following after God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love my neighbors on self, if that is following after God, that I can't continue to walk this way. If that is my goal, if that is my desire, if that is my, what I'm building my life on, if that is everything, then I have to start walking that way. I can't keep walking that way and expect to go that way. And all of us in this room go, or if you're listening online or wherever you are, you're going, well, of course. Except we don't want to say it about our own lives. We, we all know that's true. It's a simple truth that we all know. If we want to advance... And advancing is that direction. We cannot keep walking that way or that way. The problem is so many of us don't even know which way we're walking. We ask you today, what's your non-negotiables? You may answer like that company did to Earl McManus. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, I'd never kill anybody intentionally. Well, I don't know if that's a non Okay. What are the values that you stake your life on? And that's the reason I feel it's so hard for so many people to advance in their journey with Christ, is it, is it they, that here is pretty simple, and I don't mean that, I don't want to oversimplify coming to Christ as your Savior, and many of you need to do just that. It is not simple. But it is simple. Turn your life over to Him. But the thing is, for many of us, is that we get here, and like we said, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level, if this is what this is here. We get here, and we know people teach us enough, you know, confess with the apple, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. We, we get to all that, but we get here, and then, he, and then he takes us to here, and we're good. But then all of a sudden, he starts potentially the Holy Spirit chipping away at certain things. That again says you can't you can't take that with you. I think one of the things that for me over the years, and I was so thankful that this was the case, that if I believed God was leading me to do something, I just went and tried it. Herb McManus wrote a book years ago called uh, The Barbarian Way. He said so many of us come into our faith, bar that barbaric kind of, what do you mean by barbaric? You're just kind of willing to go do everything, and all of a sudden, somewhere along the way, you get civilized. Fits you into this little old box 
the Christian box. I don't want to almost try anything. Hey, come back here and help us corral these teenagers. Well, I didn't want to be a youth pastor because I wasn't even a pastor. I was working for IMAX. I was running a meal at the aluminum meal. I just, I, you know, but, but it said come and try it. Sometimes that's all we got, right? You just go try it. Don't have a plan. There's no plan. But you feel like God's nudging you, and you're open to going, if it looks like it, maybe, and who did, how, did, how would I know at that time that God was going to call me to speak into youth students' lives for all these years? But I was open to it. That was kind of a, a non-negotiable for, for me. I, I, if God said it, I, we were going to try it if we thought we could. But over the years, if you're not careful, you feel God's prompting. You go, well, man, I got too much to lose now. Remember, I'm 61 now. I can't go try that. Often we make our non-negotiables without details. We just know that they're the right thing to do. And often when God begins to move, it gets extremely uncomfortable. Matter of fact, and I've just been reminding myself the last few weeks, normally when great renovation comes, it is a whole lot of uncomfortable. Sometimes it comes in small bits. Sometimes it comes in a significant leap. Of not blind faith. So where do we draw? Where do we drive these stakes down? I didn't even know they made stakes this small. It's almost useless, right? <laughs> Came with this tent. Josiah said, hey, do you need to use these? And I'm going like, I don't even know what you do with that. Almost like you pick your teeth, or do something if you're at Arkansas. What do you do with that? But that's where you're driving it down lightly. It's just going to be light. You might even can push it in with your hand, but sure, I'm sure a rubber mallet would probably work. But boy, it's going to come out real quick. There are things in life you can have like that. That are not against God. It just, just drive them deep. So if he says give them up, you give them up. Leave it behind, you leave it behind. And most of many of these, ones that are like this, we go, okay, that's probably easy enough. But then they get a little deeper, right? They get almost like these big spikes or nails like this. And these are what I use for my tent most of the time. I was just thinking, Coach and I were, Coach and I thought we were going to be smart coming back from Moab a few years ago when we stopped at the Grand Canyon. And I thought we were going to camp one night right up on the rim. And we did. There was a campsite. We were so excited, the campsite there. Uh, what we didn't realize was, uh, uh, and it was, it was going to drop down to like 25 degrees and it was like 35 mile an hour winds. And about the only thing, first off, we were in the tent most of the time. 
so it wasn't that much fun. But man, you drove these down, plus you tied them to trees, right? You just, you just, because you, your tent was going to take off. But I would use these, but man, when you start looking at this, I see where you're going to tie down a tree. You're going to, you're going to, these are support. These are anchors. These are not just simple markers, or they're not just a little bit. You may be able to pull these out because God says, now it's time to pull those stakes up. This may be where you've lived for a long time. This may be a job. It's a little deeper, but you can still pull them out. Then there becomes these anchors. You're basing everything on these. You drive these. You know what you drive these with? You drive these with a the sledge. Because that little rubber mallet ain't going to work for this. You know, it may be hard ground. But God's breaking it up to drive it deep. First. First place, and again, like any message I preach, there's a lot of other versions you could preach and a lot of other things we could add, but I want to see if these will help us today. One is you drive stakes deep for boundaries. I love what Henry Cloud says in his book, The Boundaries. He said, he said having clear boundaries is essential to a healthy, balanced lifestyle. He said, a boundary is a personal property line that marks those things for which you are responsible. In other words, boundaries define who we are and who we are not. I've said this before when somebody does something, or maybe even in our family, and, and, you, and, somebody, and somebody in our family over the years of raising our kids, I mean, they know what our values are. They know what we stand for and go, that isn't, that's not who we are. That's just not who we are. If you're a part of this, that's not who we are. So sometimes it's got to, you got to figure out what it's not. And sometimes you nail down what it is. But the clearer you can make those boundaries, and then you set those boundaries even with, and, 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 and Henry Cloud, as you know, if you've read the book, it's boundaries and relationships. How you set those. Sometimes some of you don't know how to set those boundaries. But it is about staking out who you are and who you are not. Spiritual markers. I was thinking through this this week, and, you know, and, and again, as we've said in the Old Testament, they would stack rocks or whatever, and they would know that they come back by there. Years later, they come by, and that's what that is. It's not, not just a word and go, oh, that's just, no, there's a story behind that word. The reason I love, especially in the Old Testament, or reading the Hebrew, those words meant something. They weren't, they told a story, took you back to a place. And I don't know about you, but for me, memories are great. I said last week, I hope you, don't, hope you didn't hear what I was not saying last week about memories, about taking memories with you. There are so many memories we want to take with us, for sure. We just got to make sure that memory doesn't control us. For instance, when I go by Wicks, Arkansas, and, and, and my mom and dad's uh, place there where I was raised in that hill there overlooking 
you know, our, we had 40 acres, ponds, pasture, mountains, uh, a car lot, 100 yards in front, or 50 yards in front of the house, which was nice enough. It wasn't like a junkyard. But I drove over by that house now, and what I miss there, I see that house, and somebody else has bought it, and they're not taking care of it. Kind of aggravates me. But that's beside the point. I could go back in that house over and over and over. I can't relive what it was. I get to carry the memories of living in that house with me forward. But if I keep trying, I can't be Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Anybody know that? Keep trying to relive something back there. But I get to carry that memory with me. You know, even if I went in the house, you know who's not there? My mom and dad. That's what makes that memory. Who's in, my, my, my brothers and sisters don't live there. They're nobody. No. I get to carry that forward with me. Even some of the worst memories I can carry forward with me as long as I control those memories. But one of the things that's great about memories is that's how our faith is built. I don't know if you've ever gone through a dry season, a wilderness season, you know, through the frozen tundra or through the desert or through the moors. It is those spiritual markers I look back on. So many times it gives me hope and energy and those memories of what God did and he can still do. He may not do it the same as he did last time. But he can. And he has. To drive down that stake of those spiritual markers. I would even encourage you. It's something I've been doing a whole lot more here lately. Because on my phone, uh, you know, I discover things which everybody else has known about for a decade. But anyway, side point. Uh, But I use my notes on my phone all the time just to talk into and beginning to talk about spiritual markers and logging those. Because isn't it easy in the middle of the wilderness, the moors, the frozen tundra, the desert, to forget what God has done? We start having these thoughts like, God, where are you? Are you dependable? Is God who he says? And we go all the way back to the garden. But if we've driven that down, down, and we know it, and man, again, isn't that even stories that we tell, like I'll get to do, if I live long enough, but I get to tell my grandkids, I mean, I've already got grandkids, but years down the road, you begin to tell stories of your life where God did, he showed up, no, he didn't just show up, he was already there, you just now recognized him. It wasn't like God was way off somewhere and go, oh, there's God, I better show up. But to be able to tell the story of what God has done. And whether you're telling to building someone else's faith, it may be that memory that brings you back. That gets you steadfast again. Gets you back on track in that path. And gets you back there and you go, okay, let's go. Because I know God has, he can, and he will somehow. Driving stakes is hard. 
I grew up in Arkansas building fence posts, putting fence posts where there's rocks and hard dirt. And we didn't have the sleeves, the, the uh, post. I'm trying to I can't, just forgot, but you put them on top of the post and slide them down. That wouldn't have helped. You dug those holes, and then you drove them in the ground. If you wanted to go deep and you don't want to fall over, those big cows and horses lean up against them. You have to put them deep. But sometimes that ground is hard, and it's hard work. Choose your hard and shut your mouth, or close your mouth, excuse me, sorry. Sure, it's going to be hard. But for some, when I meet with people often in counseling, and they've blown away God's uh, non-negotiables. They've blown away God's standard. They've blown away the pathway, and they choose over here. I do want to look at them and go, is that an easier path? And the answer is no. No, they got more baggage. Because here's the problem. If you stay on the wrong path too long, you may lose a decade. Sure, it's going to be hard to walk this, but you're going to tell me that's not? I'd rather pioneer with Jesus, the author, if you will, the pioneer and finisher of my faith. Sure, it's going to be hard. Choose your hard. But man, you know how you can choose your hard? To know who you are and where you're headed. Then you'll know what not to take with you. There are things right now that you don't have yet. And you won't ever get, in my opinion, until you advance further with God. So we'll never get them. I mean, if I don't give my life to Christ down here at the foot, if I don't give him here, if I don't give it to him here, then I never find out that I have a spiritual gift to preach. I don't even know it's there. And here's what's happening many times. And some of you are going, I wish God would just open the door up. I wish God, well, why doesn't God do this or that? Well, what if, just what if, you've heard me say this many times, what if, what God's going to give you is on like the fifth rung, but he can't get you off the third rung. Because you won't trust him. You won't drop what you need to drop. You keep picking up stuff that has no business being picked up. And it may even be good stuff. Amoral stuff. You know, we look at sports all the time. Yes, I'm a big sports guy. And I have to be real careful. I'm watching way too much because that's probably my, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy watching certain sports. I, one of my, golf, I don't even play and I enjoy watching it. I, I don't know why. Baseball and basketball and football. College and pro. But I realized a few years ago, 
And that situation happened this last year where I text somebody about the NFL and the Cowboys, and they text me back and said, hey, I'm not paying any attention to that right now because of, because of, I don't know, for political reasons or whatever. I'm not watching the NFL and all this kind of stuff. You know what broke my heart? It wasn't the fact that they decided to do that. It's one of the ways I stay connected to them. Colton and I, Allie and I, Allie in football, and Colton and I in almost every other, all other sports it seems like. The reason why sports to me is so important, it gives us a place to gather. It's about relationships. It's not about the sport. I mean, somebody will win next week or next month or next year and be a new champion, but it's about the memories and the sports and hanging out together. So we got to figure out what they're there for. I can take them away, but there's a point they can only carry so much weight. As much as I love them, but it's about relationships, which you do start driving stakes deep on. Boundaries, we use markers for that. We, I mean, use stakes for that. Spiritual markers, we drive a stake so we'll remember. A matter of fact, like I said, I'm going to reemphasize again. You may, you may need to go journal what that is. Not only can you share it with generations to come, but also... When you're in the wilderness, that may be that thing that goes, ah, God, I know. Just keep reminding me. I'll keep moving forward. I'll keep walking one step forward. I haven't heard from you in a while. The last one is anchors. Boundaries, spiritual markers, and then your anchors. You know, some of the hardest parts, like I've said, is traditions we let go of. There are certain ones I, I encourage you to, to know the Apostles' Creed. It's a, it's a very good one to have as tradition to know and ground it on and and, 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 and I just, there's so many different things. I mean, one of our traditions as a family, uh, if you go camping with us, the reason why uh, these are up here, if you go camping with us, there's two staples, Dr. Pepper and Golden Oreos. And just so you know, this is one serving. And for a little bit, we can engage this way for three or four days, and it's just part of us, but it's been kind of a tradition. But if I'm going to go backpacking to different heights, and all I can carry my, with me is everything that's in this bag, guess what's not going with me? Dr. Pepper and Oreos. Does it hurt anything? Well, probably yes. <laughs> probably. But for a little window, probably not much, especially as much hiking and everything else we do when we're doing that. But if I'm needing to advance and do a whole different style of camping and a whole different pitching a tent, a whole different, as much as I like that tradition, it's got to stay behind. Don't you wish God 
as I said last week, because it's the hardest part about advancing and changing. Don't you just wish he just torched the things we didn't want to take with us? But the hardest part is he begins to tear away things or ask us to lay down things that have meant so much to us. And most of us work our way down to those few things and go, no, I, I, I ain't getting rid of that. Okay. Okay. Just stay right here when I need you here. We anchor deep. What I believe we anchor deep on, and this may be a huge encouragement to those who are, don't like spending a lot of money. And I may be overstating this. But what's interesting to me is, is that most of what I need to pack doesn't cost any money. Oh, it cost. But most of what I need to take with me is not a financial decision. Oh, yeah, I'm sure finances could come back in there somewhere. I'm not saying that that for a calling or whatever that is. Maybe you know that we teach here on in the uncommon and the built to run we talk about an uncommon and I think you have that in mind up there Josiah and the reason why I say I don't know of anything up there that right now would cost me any money but if I begin to anchor in who I am and what God has called me to do and what's already happened, and I put those memories in perspective, when I look at being bullied in the seventh grade, I'm able to put that memory in perspective and actually use that thing sometimes as a hammer for God, not a hammer on me. And everybody has these, not those particular ones. But everybody has that. And again, I don't think it's probably costing you any money. It's just who you are. We're made up of memories. We're made up of things. And memories are great if we use them in the right way. But he has made you. He's fearfully and wonderfully made you. And we begin to anchor deep in who God made us, how he made us, why he made us. And we begin to figure all that out. It's pretty amazing of what we begin to anchor ourselves in. I will be honest with you. Over the last few years, from especially the last year or so, I haven't anchored myself deeply in some of these, not because I've tried to run from it. It's just I'm trying to get myself back to one of my hardest ones. It, 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 at times, it's getting back to why we came to renovation seven year, or nine, seven, nine years ago. We had a vision, not an address. I'll be honest with you, I've worked my way a little bit away from the vision of why I came here nine years ago. 
because of all the other things happening, the whirlwind that sucks all your time up. Because my number one holy discontent, the thing that I'm most passionate about is individual influence. You take that down. Thank you. Because I have to be ready, you have to be ready, that I don't anchor too deep in certain things. I'm able to put them down. Now, this is real shallow, but I'm even talking about this shallow. I put it down, but here's the thing God may do sometimes is, hey, don't put those anchors too deep because we may be doing what? Breaking camp in the morning. You're going to get to take these and maybe even build on those, but don't put those too deep. Put them deep enough, but don't put them too deep. And I said, right, some of us put so, we put everything deep into our retirement or deep into this or deep into that, and God's going, no, 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 no. just put them deep enough because I'm going to ask you to break camp in the morning. Because if you put them too deep when they shouldn't be that deep, it can steal God's anointing on your life. You put them too deep, even if they come out of there, it's going to take you just fighting to get out of there. You don't want that. Just put them deep enough. But the greatest anchor... The greatest stake that was ever driven, ever, is this stake here. It's Jesus on the cross. A stake driven in the ground. I can tell you all day long, built to run, all that kind of stuff, uncommon, and I believe in those things. But unless it's anchored in that, you've missed the point. You have missed the point. The greatest stake ever driven. But I got good news for you. There's also the greatest breaking camp in history. Heard it seems impossible. It's supposed to be impossible. Heard it seems hard. Choose your hard. Choose your path. If we had had time today, I'd talk about people you need to have on that path with you. I'll say this, the people you, you need to have on that path that people are going on the same direction, same direction path you're going on. And surround yourself with those people.
Just like you guys come on down as we close this morning. Whether you're in this room or you're listening online or you'll listen to it later this week. No matter what we do here at Renovation and all the little props, if you're, if you're not seeing it, we've got all kinds of props up here. They're cool props, so you should go watch it on video. Now, if you're listening later, but really, though, those are always just enhancers. The illustrations I use And the two stakes are just enhancers. But if it doesn't point you to Jesus, then I've not done what I'm supposed to do here. There's a wonderful story, in many ways, waiting to be told as we advance with Him. And you don't even know it. Because you haven't taken that first step. There are just certain things that will never, ever happen. Until you accept him as Savior. It just just can't. Because a natural man only understands natural things. It's, it's, It's only when Christ comes in your life, you begin, this begins to all of a sudden make sense where it didn't before. Scripture begins to jump off the page where it didn't before. I'm just going to ask you now if everyone would stand there'll be some other changes next Sunday if I can remember to bring we'll be moving our altars back out I believe there are a special place you could even come here this morning nobody's touched them I think (laughs) in, in a year no just kidding There's something about taking a step, one step. I remember when I walked out of that aisle at 26 years old and that, in First Baptist Church in Hooks, Texas, and I stepped out of that aisle and I walked down front and grabbed that pastor's hand. I, 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 the first step was the hardest. It wasn't the other 25 that I took me to get there. It was the first one. The rest of them were easy, if you will. I committed to Christ without details. So I'm going to ask if you bow your heads, everyone. That's the way we're going to do it today. I want to pray today, if you have never driven the stake, that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Savior. And you want to do that today, to drive that initial stake. That, That has to be the initial stake you haven't done that I want to ask you if you would and you want to pray and I'm going to pray for you you can pray along with me and you want to pray that prayer would you just raise your hand in the room right now thank you thank you and if you're out jogging or hiking and you're listening to it and you haven't, I just wish you'd pull over to the side of the trail. 
this week sometime. And just pray this with us. Let me pray right now. Lord, you just pray along with me. Lord, we come before you today. Knowing we're lost without you. That is the first place we start, Lord. I pray those who raise their hands, Lord, that right now they would clearly admit that they've come to a spot that they know they are lost without you. Your word tells us that if we'll confess with our mouth, believe in our heart, that you were breaking tent and raised from the grave, breaking camp and raised from the grave, we shall be saved. Lord, I pray for those who raise their hand right now in the name of, that is above all names, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, I pray over those who raise their hand that they would tell someone specifically, this is what I did today. This day, I drove a stake. I don't know where it's going. I don't have the details, but I drove a stake. Lord, thank you now for the freedom that comes by giving up and inviting you in. Thank you, Lord. Help us now as we sing our way out of here today. Psalm 119, we will thank you by living as we should this week. Amen. Thank you. If you want to remain, if you wish you would, I know we're running a couple minutes late, but let's sing a little bit of that just after.